Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, Justin Steve. My name is Eileen. I'm calling from Northern California. Absolutely love your show. I've got a question for Steve. In February of 2020, just after the market meltdown, uh, you said we were due for a bounce and you were so right. And I'm just wondering how you're able to predict these market reversals. And provides unbiased answers. It's more of, I've been doing this so long that you get the feeling that something's not right and therefore a change in direction of some kind is going to happen. Invest Talk. Over 31 million downloads and counting. I am in the process and we've emailed, I'm building a house. I got a call today that I'm going to have to shell out now an extra 40 or 50 grand when my project is done. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, April 23rd, 2021. And I appreciate you being with me. And we're all about our mission statement independent thinking and shared success. Independence means we don't buy people's information, we buy data. Got to get the data, but we doesn't. We don't buy, you know, opinions and you know papers that tell you what you should buy and not to sell and you know, all that stuff. Why? We like to do our own homework, and we think you should do your own homework too. And we're willing to help you do it. We're willing to teach you how to do it. We'll always give you accurate information. We'll always explain our processes as to why we think something is worth X, Y, Z or how you should manage your portfolio, or what is risky, what's not risky. We'll provide all that information. And it's all about teaching you how this works. It's not, it's it's complex because it's involved, but it's not something you can't grasp. Everybody can grasp it. It's not that hard. It is time-consuming, I will say that, but it's not that hard. Um, and it, the, the disadvantage you have is you don't have all the information at your fingertips. The advantage you have is you don't really necessarily need that information. You don't. Okay? You still can take advantage of the market. So anyways, that's what we're all about. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I'm going to encourage you to contact me today because this is a call-in show. Well, I want to answer your question. You get to take the show in any direction you want to as long as it's financial. I'm on board with that. Okay, so you can call me right now. We're live right now. Eight, eight, we're always live, by the way, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Either Justin does the show live or I do. We switch off. So uh, so we're live now, and you can call. If, if you can't call during this live show, you still can leave a message. Leave your question on our answering system. We'll try to get to it as fast as we can. The number never changes. 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener line question. Let's go ahead and take it. Hey, Stephen, Justin. This is Justin from Orlando, Florida. Again, thanks again for everything you do. Uh, calling to get your opinion on subs, S-U-B-Z. I know it's relatively new. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Thank you. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah, I just love it. I, I, wait, all, I wait forever to get 
everything live. You know, I put, I'll bring up all my software. And, of course, when I want to punch in numbers, it freezes up. Okay, here we go. Come on. Okay, this looks like Roundhouse Stream Services Tech. It's exchange funding, exchange, exchange, exchange traded fund seeking capital appreciation. I don't have much on it. It's brand new. I mean, we're talking brand new. Uh, let's see, how old is it? It's, it's it came out in February, and it's done nothing but fall. Okay, so I have no information on what it tracks, other than it want sees capital growth. So. Everybody wants that. Well, I mean, it makes very little sense. I wouldn't buy this. Don't buy these new things. Wait for things to be out for a while, a year. An ETF, wait to be out a year at least. Unless you know it's tracking a specific index, and you don't have to wait that long because it's tracking a specific index. But when they start tracking stuff like this, exchange-traded funds seeking capital growth, that's meaningless. Meaningless. Don't buy it. SUBZ, Roundhouse, Roundhill Stream Services Tech. I wouldn't buy it. Okay, so why are we here today? Why am I doing this podcast? I've been doing this radio show for 20 plus years. Uh, you know, I do it because I think I like it. It's kind of fun. I do like asking, answering questions, talking to people. I do get tired of answering the same stock questions over and over again. So if you don't, if you come up with something that's more interesting other than just a plain stock, I would put you in front of the line. I really would. Anyways, I want to help you with strategies. I want to help you deal with the uncertainty of the market. I want to help you deal with your fear, your personal fear and greed. The two emotions that drive stocks up and down, fear and greed. Yesterday we had fear. Fear because the new administration, Biden administration said they're going to double the capital gains tax. Today we had some greed taking advantage of the down point from yesterday. You know, and we did. So it's like that. But if you set aside the day-to-day-to-day -to -day -to -day things, you know that the stock market goes up when earnings, corporate earnings go up and goes down when corporate earnings go down. And we all know that they go down in recessions. We know that. They also, we also know they go up when a lot of money is coming into the system, like the Federal Reserve spending, I'm not the Federal Reserve, but the federal government uh, giving, giving away money, throwing it out to everybody. Stock market likes that because that means eventually that's higher earnings for corporations. It is Friday, so I will share highlights from the newsletter, the KPP newsletter I send out every Friday. So what did the market do today? It rebounded from yesterday. By the way, the week was down. Before the week, we were down a little bit. But today, it was up. the Dow was up 228 points, and NASDAQ 198, and the S&P up 45. So the NASDAQ led the way up today. So, uh, you know, I will say, though, the NASDAQ has kind of been the weakest part of the market all year long. It, not kind of. It has been the weakest part of the market for the year. So... You know, it's, it led today, but I don't know what it will do tomorrow. We just don't know. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We're taking your calls live, and that's the number.
We're already moving through the second quarter, and serious investors need to bring their best game. Invest Talk is here to help. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Jeff in North Carolina. Jeff. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. Thank you for the call. Hey, I got a question. I, I really like your philosophy regarding bonds. So I don't buy bonds for my fixed income in uh, mutual funds or ETFs. I buy the, the bonds themselves and hold the maturity. Um, and I learned that from you. My concern is that lately I've had a couple of bonds called early um, ah. by some of the, the, the issuers. And, and, you know, they're 4 and 5% bonds. And what I think they're doing is they're calling them early. And they are, um, you know, refinancing at a much lower rate. So I'm trying exactly. to get some more bonds with this cash that I have in my portfolio. And, and the, the interest rates are really terrible. So I wanted to get your opinion on what you thought about an alternative investment of maybe an ETF in mortgage uh, back, uh, a mortgage-backed ETF, like, say, like the Vanguard VMBS or, or the iShares CMBS. I'm looking at those for an alternative. Well, you know, there, there's not a bad idea. I will say that because uh, if you have, let me explain to everybody that what's a callable bond is. See, everybody, you buy a bond, and a bond is normally you buy today, and if it's a five-year bond, you get all your money back in five years, and during the five-year period, you get the dividend, the the yield. We don't call it dividend yield because that comes from companies. It's just the yield, the bond yield, and it might be four or five percent. Okay, so. What Jeff is saying is he bought callable bonds. That's a type of bond that a certain time during that length of time as it becomes mature, during that period, it, it's callable. The, the issuing party can call it back, pay him his money for the bond, you know, it's, it, it, the, um, the, the amount that he paid for the bond if he bought it at par and pay him the par value. And the reason why they would do that is because he pointed, Jim, as uh, Jeff pointed out, the interest rates have gone down, and why should they pay five percent when they can reissue new bonds at two percent? That's exactly what they're doing. So, Jim is trying to figure out an, an alternative for the money that the, for the bonds called away. Now he's sitting on this money that makes money market virtually nothing. But Jim, I'm assuming you just don't want to take a lot of risk with this tranche of money. Okay, that's, so, that's correct. Okay, so, and your idea of buying the iShares that you know, or an ETF that tracks a higher yielding maybe mortgages is not a bad idea, but as the but the problem you have, you still have the same problem is as mortgage rates go up, the value of the mortgage-backed security will go down, just like in a bond fund. So you still have that same issue. And there's not a lot of alternatives. <laughs> to be honest, I've been racking my own brain about this. How can I get a bit more money out of this without taking more risk? Because, you know, we have accounts that have tranches on our types of accounts that, okay, we can't take any risk with this bunch of money or very little risk. And, you know, we're stuck with low bond rates. We're just stuck. And that's what, uh, there, there really isn't. But I do like this idea, and it's fairly conservative, and you'll get a little bit more yield. I'm just worried that if interest rates start to creep up, mortgage rates start to creep up, 
the value of these things will go down. They won't go down tremendously. It's not like, whoa, it's going to cut in half. Nothing like that. But may, they may eat up all your yield. That's what I'm worried about, Jeff. Eat up all the yield. Anyway, sorry I don't have a really good solution for you. I don't. Okay, let's go to Andreas in Riverside. Difference between value and growth stocks. Oh, that's a great question. Andreas? Yeah, hey, Steve. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard you guys uh, mention, uh, you know, the turn in the market and how uh, value stocks seem to be uh, doing better. I'm fairly new to all this, and so I'd love to hear maybe just a very simple explanation of what is what is a growth stock, what's a value stock. If I'm looking at different companies, how can I tell the difference? And okay. I'm also just interested, how, how is a value company, a value stock, how does that make money if it's not really growing? Or maybe I'm, I'm misunderstanding that. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Okay. Okay, the difference we're talking about is a growth stock is growing sales fast. Not necessarily earnings, but earnings too sometimes. But sales are growing very fast. Value stocks are those stocks that maybe they're not growing sales at all. Or maybe it's just, you know, sub less than 10%. That's generally a characteristic between the two. Value stocks usually pay a dividend. Growth stocks hardly ever pay a dividend. But they can sometimes. <laughs> See, you can't, I, I'm, you, I'm just trying to give you an overall view. Value stocks are usually low price to their earnings. In other words, their P.E. ratio is low. Low. What's that mean? Well, the average P.E. ratio of the market of the S&P 500 is 15. You'll find growth stocks generally below that. I mean, value stocks generally below that. Growth stocks, they may not even have a P.E. because they have no E. They just have sales. But if they do have a P.E. when they have sales, that P.E. could be 20, 30, 40, 100. Yeah. For instance, take, take uh, Tesla. Not that I'm recommending Tesla. Their P.E. is 323. Their growth rate than sales was last quarter, 46%. Now, take AT&T. AT&T's P.E. ratio is 10. Their growth rate last quarter was 3%, but they pay a 6.6% dividend. You see, are you getting the kind of the idea? It just takes a little mm-hmm. time, and you, it's it's see for me it's really 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 obvious. But for a new person, you kind of you have to know what valuations are and how, what numbers I'm supposed to look at. But that is a great question, and something you should learn. It's a basic concept of what you should learn when you buy stocks. Thank you. I appreciate the question. You're listening to Invest Talk. We have almost reached the start of our weekend. Yay! I'm Steve Peasley, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ceases. It's ongoing. I kind of like it, so I don't know about you. So you have to keep an eye on your money. You have to watch it. I don't care if you hire somebody or not. You still got to watch it. We're live, 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. I have a question for you. We own uh, Bristol Myers Squibb and BMY. Uh, just wondering if we should uh, sell it and move on to something that would do a little bit better. What's your question? 888-99 chart. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. 
They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Okay, you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody, and I really do appreciate it. On Fridays, I generally give you some of the a quick rundown of some of the basic numbers that we should be paying attention to, like the two-year Treasury yield, which is 0.157%. You buy a two-year Treasury bond, or you will get 0.157% interest per year. Okay, we goes 0.163, so it went down. The 10-year, buy a 10-year bond, you get 1.56%. It's about the same as was last week. A month ago, two months ago, you were getting under 1% of the 10-year treasury. Gold is at $17.85 and per ounce. It was $17.82 a week ago. Silver today, $26.05, about the same as it was. I think it's nickel higher. Uh, oil, $62.21 a barrel. Last week was $63.11. So oil is pretty high for the amount of oil we have. Okay? Uh, you know, we could be totally, we could remain totally independent of any foreign oil if we wanted to be. We have plenty of reserves if we wanted to get them out of the ground. But we don't have any political will to do that. So I'm hoping we don't get go back to being dependent on foreign oil. I really hope that. that didn't happen. Okay, and of course, gasoline prices, we all know that they've gone up. Uh, here in California, it's almost $4 a gallon. Every place else, the average is like two eighty-eight. We always pay much more. I just don't like that at all. Okay, okay. Let's go to Jake in Los Angeles. He has a stock he wants to talk about. Jake. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? Good, thank you for the call. Uh, thank you. So I have about 10% of my Roth IRA and Airbnb is kind of my moonshot stock, but it's uh-huh. at a few hundred bucks loss right now. Oof. Do you think there's a better bet, better long-term bet out there? And uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of on the verge of selling it. Yeah, I, I'm not keen on Airbnb. They lose money. They've lost money for years now. They're going to lose. They, they've never made, well, yeah, they've never made money. I'm looking back at the history here. Uh, they're going to lose $0.33 cents a share next year, and it's a $174 stock. See, in my world, which is, of course, I must say is the old world because I'm old, right? In my world, that would be insane to pay $174 a share for a stock that loses money. In my history, no one would ever do that. No one ever. Now, today's world... You know, Airbnb. Everybody loves it. You know, it's, it's taken off, and it's a it's a great way to you know find find a place and 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 uh, you know if you're on vacation and it, all those things are true. But in my world, they're still going to make money, but they don't. And recent months, recent quarters, sales have been going down. Well, we had COVID. People weren't traveling, so your play is well when COVID when we get that vaccine out there. You're, you're kind of the reflation, reinflation play, reflation. In other words, that everybody will start moving about and taking vacations, and I think that's a sound philosophy, really. So, would I own the stock? I would not. Is it time to sell it? Well, it's already came off its high, 
It has a lot of lot of support about 160, 160 to one sixty five. So you know what? If it doesn't drop below one sixty and it heads back up to around the two fifteen area, I'd be seller at the two fifteen area. I might. I would hold on to it, I think, and see see if I can get a bounce. That's what I would do. Jake, sorry about that. Thanks for the call. Carlos in Sacramento. How you doing, Carlos? Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Hey, um, I have a question about the stock uh, NOG. Um, I bought it okay. when uh, it was $5.10. Uh, my question is, what do you think about the stock? I know it's a small stock. Uh, company, uh, I doubled my money, few thousand dollars. What do you think it'll go? Because uh, it seems like it's a stock right now, uh, right there between twelve dollars and and fourteen dollars. Doesn't want to go anywhere. So okay. I don't want to lose my profit. You you've doubled your money. In my opinion, that you should take some off the table, not all of it. Just take some of your profits off the table. This is NOG, Northern Oil and Gas, engaged in exploration production of oil and natural gas within the Wilston Basin in Indiana. It's a small company, so it's pretty high risk. And, uh, you know, the highest it's ever been was $174 in 2014. Right now it's $12.22. But in 2014, they made $9.40 a share. Next year, this year they're going to make two two sixty. Next year, two seventy five. So uh, it's not expensive, but it's no longer cheap. So I take some off the table. Is what I would do. Thanks for the call. As investors, our audience closely watches various market sectors, but many people also pay attention to precious metals. So after we go to break, here's my trivia question: The history of silver as a valued commodity is long. How far back can we trace the practice of silver mining? And according to scientists, how does silver form? In other words, what's the process of making silver? So after the break, I'll supply the answer. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Just wondering what your thoughts are on all the Robinhood trading and the, the Red Hat boards. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, 
security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. It's an Invest Talk Friday. Steve Peasley is on duty and he's happy to provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. So I asked a trivia question before the break, and it's about silver. How long ago? When were they first? We have evidence of mining silver. Okay, if the evidence of, of silver mining dates back to 3000 BC in Turkey and Greece, 3000 BC. So ancient people even figured out how to refine it. They heated the silver ore and blew air over the silver. The silver does not react to air, by the way. But the base metals such as lead and copper oxidizes and separates from the precious metal silver. In February 2014, archaeologists uncovered a trove of silver, including five hoop earrings at a 3,200-year-old site in Israel. When the Europeans landed in the New World, 1492, they discovered that South America was home to rich veins of silver and silver ore. Between 1500 and 1800, 85% of the silver produced worldwide came from Bolivia, Peru, and Mexico. That's 300 years, 1,500 to 1,800 from those three countries, 85%. So, okay, how does what's the process? How does silver even exist? How does it get created? Silver forms in star explosions called supernovae, or a supernova if one, supernovae if more than one. This is also how gold is created. A study published in September 2012 in the Journal of Astronomy and Astrophysics found that smaller stars that explode, supernova, produce silver, while larger, larger stars produce gold. Isn't that interesting? Now, remember, I mentioned today's silver price is at $26 per ounce or so. Let's go to Jay in Kansas City. Jay. Hi, Steve. I uh, love the show and, and listen uh, each week and, and on the podcast. So thank Appreciate you for taking the you. call. Steve, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm kind of in freak-out mode, and I'm asking WWSD, what would Steve do? I am in the process, and we've emailed, I'm building a house in Kansas right. City. And as you know, lumber prices have blown up exactly. over the last couple of months. And they have. I got a call today that... I'm going to have to shell out now an extra 40 or 50 grand when my project is done. My question to you is, am I crazy for considering buying? There's an ETF out there that's wood, W-O-O-D. Do I buy a bunch of wood options to hedge my bet? Or okay. do I look at lumber futures? What are your thoughts? I, I think it's going higher. <laughs> I think all come up. You know what I really think, everybody, Jay? I really think we're, in, we're at the beginning of a commodities super cycle. Now, we've been in one through these once before in my lifetime. And that means five, ten years of commodities doing nothing but going up in price. So, no, you're not crazy to hedge the price 
of wood. And this ETF, WOD, Exchange Traded Funds Seeking Performance Corresponding to the S&P Global Timber and Forest Index, has gone up, straight up since March, okay, and uh, March of last year. And I, 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 frankly, I don't know, I, I don't think it's going to stop. But no, I, Jay, I, I think it's a sound strategy. Just don't bet the farm, but I think it's a sound, a sound strategy using uh, futures. If you want to, I have no problem with that either. Thank you. Christian, Long Beach. How you doing, Christian? Hey, good afternoon, Steve. Thank you so much for taking my call. Just want to say you you guys have the best podcast when it comes to finance and investing in general. So I appreciate the education you you guys provide. I appreciate Um, that. Thank you. Just want to get your thoughts on the cruise industry as a whole. And if you think it's a good play, looking at RCL to add to my portfolio. Thanks. Okay, I do. Um, uh, uh, RCL is Royal Crown, a Royal Caribbean Group uh, operates four global cruise brands: Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, Sea Cruises, Alzamra Club Cruises, and Silver Sea Cruises. They're a twenty-one billion dollar company. They will survive. Now, of course, they've taken a huge hit, right? A huge hit uh, from COVID last year. And this stock went from a, its its price or was hovering around for over a year or two, around $120 a share, went all the way down to like $18, $20 a share in March of last year. Um, and now it's at 80 $85.79 to be exact right now. So you've missed a big chunk of the movement up already, as you probably know that, Christian. So now you're asking, will it return to 120 And my answer is yes. I think it will return to 120. It's going to take a little time. It lost $13. Okay, it's going to lose $13.61 this year. Next year, next year it's going to make a dollar 40 a share. To get back to that uh, $220 share price during that period, maybe 130, they were making eight nine dollars a share. So it might take a time to get there. Don't think it's just going to happen overnight. It's not. Because they got a lot of recovery to do. They're taking on a lot of debt because they had to, you know, they had expenses. So it's going. To, it may take a while, but it is going to return. Kristen, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed today to subscribers, and of course, clients get it for free. We send it out every Friday. I send it out every Friday. I write that darn thing every week. I do have helps, you know, with the stock ideas. I the guys help me with that. And, you know, I do get some help, okay? But I, I'm the one that I'm the one that would put my name on it. So I make, work hard to give that, make sure you get good, solid information. Today, there was very, you know, I mentioned in today's newsletter, there's very little economic news. So I focused, uh, moved my focus a little bit. Uh, um, I talked about the numbers and the proposals coming out of uh, Washington, D.C., uh, money, you know, uh, and it and concerns those stimulus packages concern me. They're, they're talking about forever stimulus packages. I think that's insane, but that's what they've mentioned it this week. And I'm thinking, man, I understand what you need a stimulus for, but forever? So, and I talked about what's that going to do to the currency? What's that going to do to inflation? That's what my, that, and, you know, what does that do to money? What how How does our dollar, how does it go up and down? What drives that dollar how, how do we know what it had value you know that's what i talked about in the 
first section of the newsletter. The portfolio management section, I talked about what we do on our podcast and radio program every day. Uh, and many people call us up. And my biggest fear on some of these calls is everybody puts too much money in one thing, trying to shoot for the moon. That's not smart money management. It's not. Can you win big? Yes, sure. But you're now starting to play a gambling game, a lottery game. When you only pick one or two, do you think you're going to make a you know, huge game? You know, you can lose just as fast as win on those easily. It's a coin toss. So I'm talking, I'm talking about taking manageable risks in the portfolio management section. Okay? Exposure in your portfolio. How much danger is it out there? And again, you know, it's just a matter of common sense, not rocket science, of managing money. Okay? A couple of stock ideas every week. Of course, um, this week I had a very large insurance company I listed. Um, so, you know, they, I, I don't use, I usually put in there good, solid companies, not super high risk types of companies. I don't do that. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of valuable information in the KPP premium newsletter. There's four sections. Um, I only talked about two basically here. You have three. So if you're interested, go to investtalk.com. You can sign, sign up for it and get it delivered to your email box every Friday. Okay. Get it directly delivered. If this information raises any questions in your mind, I encourage you to reach out, give Justin and I a call, send us an email, go to KPP Financial, click on Contact Us, get in touch with us. We'll be happy to talk to you. Okay, let's keep moving. Here comes another caller question. Yeah, hi, Stephen, Justin. My name is Josh Hall, and I'm calling in from the Chicagoland area in Illinois. I'm calling to get your advice on Nikola, N-K-L-A. I've been riding this stock since it was at $29, been slowly averaging down. I think I'm averaging $19 now. Stock's hovering just above 10. Looks like it's uh, it's support is right around there. I was wondering, do you guys think I should continue to ride this thing out? You know, I'm willing to take you know even high risk here, or if I should just get rid of it. Obviously, to this day, Nikola doesn't have any sales that I'm aware of, but it looks like they're opening up a brand new manufacturing plant. They're you know getting some deals together with some different charging station type companies. You know, from a high-risk perspective, I'm willing to take the risk. I just wanted to get your input to see whether or not it's it's worth the risk to take. So I'd greatly appreciate it. Look forward to your response on the show. Thanks so much. Okay, Nikola Corporation, NKLA, manufactures battery electric and hydro, hydrogen electric vehicles, electric vehicle drivetrains and components. It has no sales. Okay, remember, I'm saying it manufactures, well, it hasn't manufactured, or if it did manufacture, it hasn't sold one yet. And it's gone from the high uh, back in June of a year, last year, of like $80 a share to, to $11.55. So nothing but go down since then. They don't, they're not going to make money this year. They've never made money. They're not going to make money next year. They're losing money. Okay, so... There's no, I'm not saying you don't take a risk on something like this, but make sure that when you take that risk, it's with a very small part of your money. Very small part of your money. 
Now, if you're already in it and it's already collapsed, uh, I see no reason to get out as long as it's a very small part of your money. You might as well see if you get a rebound if they ever come. I mean, I'd have to look. Personally, if I was into the stock, I owned it, I'd be reading everything I could about any news articles coming out about when are they going to have sales? When are they actually going to be a real company and have sales? Because without sales, you can never have a profit. So all they're doing is spending money, burning money. I don't like that. I don't like buying those kind of companies. I don't buy companies that don't make money. Now, I say that, but occasionally I do. I will take a risk on something, occasionally, but it's always with a very small part of my money. It is. Okay. Okay, so, let's see. 2021 is well underway. We know that. This is the fourth month of the year. Man, he's... Months go by fast. So um, I wanted to talk about maybe a little bit about my company, Irvine, Irvine-based KPP Financial Services, Inc. We manage money for people. We, we actually don't manage any money for corporations because I don't want it. It's more trouble than it's worth. Uh, we always try to be very honest. We practice parallel investing, meaning I buy the same thing for myself as I do for my clients at the same price, same time. We try to be as honest as possible, unbiased in what we decide and how we think. Uh, and we encourage you to take advantage of our free offer to take a look at your portfolio. We don't try to talk into anything, but we'll look at it and point you in some directions that may help you. Be happy to do that. You can call our KPP financial office in Irvine, California. If you want to talk, that's in Orange County, which is between L.A. and San Diego for those people who don't live in that uh, you know, live in the area and not familiar with it. Um, I think after speaking with us for t- after 10 minutes with me or Justin, you'll see that what kind of difference we are. We, we are different people. We try not, I'm, we, I hate being sold anything. I don't mind buying things, but I hate being sold. So we don't try to sell us. We try to just try to, we try to be as honest as we can and just be flat out straight with our clients. You know, and if you like that, that's great. If you don't, that's okay too. Anyways, appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go to Wesley in Stockton. I probably Stockton, California. Well, I guess number two. Um, hello, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I'd like Thank to you. say thanks for all the time you spend helping us educate us in this um, forum. But I'm calling because I want to know more about TJ Maxx. I own 100 shares. Well, I guess I want to know more about the sell for my trailing stop on TJ Maxx. I've been doing a cover call strategy. It was okay. I own it around 52. Um, and it looks like it's like hitting a top or definitely resistance. And I wonder if I should hold on or using cover call strategies, how do I um, think of the exit strategy? Okay. Okay, this is TJ Maxx, the symbol is TJX, operates 4,500 off-price apparel and home goods stores. They're making a really big comeback in sales, and, I mean in profits. They're going to make $2.31 this, in 2022 after only making $0.07 cents in 2021. That's the estimate. Okay, then the year after that, 2023, we have an estimate of 292. It's a $70 stock. So it's not cheap based on the future earnings. 
Okay, but it's you know, not it's it's like twenty two twenty four PE ratio, which is pretty high. And the only way they can justify that if sales pick up because sales have been pretty flat. So I think you're right in thinking it's probably near or above value. So I think you need to put a stop in it somewhere where you say, okay, if it goes below this number amount because you have a great profit in it, and I would probably just use probably to me uh, probably about $63 a share. If it drops below that, and then you can do your covered call strategy knowing that you'll be out at 63 Appreciate the call. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. Of course, the work will continue after this break, so get your questions in now. 888 99 Chart. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin, Steve. My name's Eileen. I'm calling from Northern California. Absolutely love your show. I've got a question for Steve. In February of 2020, just after the market meltdown, uh, you said we were due for a bounce and you were so right. Similarly, this past February, you said we were due for a correction, and it was less than a week later that the NASDAQ went down about 10%. And I'm just wondering how you're able to predict these market reversals. Is it charting? Is it seeing things are overbought or oversold? Thank you guys for all you do. Your show is amazing. I wish I was that smart. I really do. I had this big, giant crystal ball. No. You know what it is? I, it's more of I've been doing this so long that you get the feeling that something's not right and therefore a change in direction of some kind is going to happen. For instance, I, but I'm not, I'm, trust me, I'm not always right. I'm not. Um, but for instance, right now I feel like the market's going to go up. That's going to go up, but it's not going to be a straight line. We're going to have a lot of volatility this year. And by the end of the year, I could see the NASDAQ being flat, and I could see the Dow being up. In other words, I'm thinking value stocks are going to rise over growth stocks this year. Now, how do I feel? Why do I feel that? Well, growth stocks has been so consistently over the years leading the pack, and that's very unusual. So I'm thinking, okay, probably that doesn't mean growth stocks won't go up, everybody. It could. It just means I think value will go up better. Do I have anything? You know, I'm a reader. I'm one of these guys. I'm a constant reader. I, I read five, six hours a day, and that's not. I'm not joking. Five, six hours a day every day because I like it, and I read about everything. And I think what happens after years, you just get a, like a little sense. You don't get. You know, there's no. You know, there's no ESP or anything like that, extra-century perception of any kind. It's just that you get used to seeing what the market does. And it, you know, it just volatile, just up and down, up and down. And so you get used to it and you kind of say, you know what, I think it's due for X, for a little retracement. For instance, I do expect the market to give back some 
uh, over the next month or two. I, I do. I, I think it will. Um, but then I think the market was going to, you know, I, I, I think the market's going to be doing well because so much money is pouring into the system. So I don't, I, I don't, and I told you before earlier on the show, I think we're in a commodity super cycle at the beginning of a commodity super cycle. Wood is a prime example. Why is oil at $62 a barrel when there's plenty of oil everywhere in the world? Plenty of oil. Why? It shouldn't be that high, should it? Anyway, stuff like that. Anyways, I hope that's a decent enough answer. Did you know we are in a worldwide computer chip shortage? I have been, you know, those people that watch this kind of stuff know that we are in a computer chip shortage. It's not uncommon. I have, ever since chips have been in and everything, starting about a little before maybe 1995 to 2000, chips go in and cycle. There are over too many chips, not enough chips. Too many chips, not enough chips. That's how it goes. It goes in cycles. And right now we're on the cycle where they're trying to make more chips. So they're going to oversupply us again probably. But most people think, at least the pundits and experts think, we're still going to be short for the next couple of years on chips. But what does that tell you as an investor? And if we're going to be short for the next couple of years, maybe we have a little bit more on the upside to go. But we're probably getting close to the top. And therefore, maybe you should be looking at your portfolio. Maybe you shouldn't be so exposed to that area. Anyways, that's one thing. This is what I do, right? I mean, I'm sharing with you what I'm reading and how I'm interpreting this stuff. So I I think we just need to pay attention. I'm not going to be keen on buying chip companies. Yeah, I'm just not. Even if I say there's two-year shortage, well, everybody knows that. See, that's the problem. We already know it. We already know it, so we already reacted to it. Do you know it? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Talk program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we really encourage you to tell your friends and family. And everybody, thank you for the compliments today. I mean, it really makes me feel good that we're accomplishing what we want, and that's to educate as many people as we can. So you can get the download free, the podcast download free. As you know, we post it right after the show at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, investtalk.com. And we would like you to write, review us if you would. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.